You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Man, the name says it all. If you're rocking with us, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can get alerted of all our great content right away. While you're at it, like, comment also. And we got some news for everyone today. We're switching things up just a little bit. We're going to two episodes a week during the regular season. On Tuesdays, we're going to react to the Vikings matchup from the week before and look ahead to the next opponent and talk about the league in general. And then on Thursdays, we're going to keep delivering those top-notch guest conversations that you guys all love. So it's extra important that you have your alerts on so you can get the shows right away. First quarter of the show, it's time to chop it up. Shout out to all the trendsetters in the league, primarily women. History made in the NFL on Sunday, Pat P. Maya Shaka became the first black woman to officiate the NFL game. Shaka before the Jets-Panthers game in Charlotte. This historic historical moment to me uh, is an honor and it's a privilege that I've been chosen to represent women and women of, women of color in the most popular sport in America. Proven I can defy the odds and overcome. First black official was hired by the NFL in 1965, but took until it took until 2021 to have a black woman become an official. Uh, going back to 2015, the Cardinals and Pat, you were on that team, were the first team to hire a female coach uh, to the staff. That individual was Jen Welter. Uh, Pat P, being a part of, you know, history uh, in the National Football League, being on that staff when uh, I think B.A. was the head coach, if I'm not mistaken, when he hired uh, Jen, how, what was the vibe like on the team knowing that you guys will be hiring a female? Um, honestly, man, everybody just took her in with open arms. You know, she was the linebackers coach or the, or the outside linebackers. I can't remember what position, but we thought it was pretty cool and unique to have her around. Uh, obviously, some of the foot, football knowledge that she had, um, you know, you know, not being able to do some of the things physically with her being a woman and, you know, obviously undersized or whatever. But uh, some of the knowledge she was able to, to, to pass on to some of the younger guys and maybe some of the older guys as well um, was taken in. You know, um, you know, you could tell that she had a love for football. Um, you could tell she she knows the game and, and wanted to find a way to get better and, and stay into the game. So. Shout out to B.A. for being the first guy to uh, hire a female coach. And uh, I thought she did a damn good job. I know question. Of course, you know, we talked about this uh, quite a few times with Coach Arians in uh, Tampa, B.A. Uh, hiring a predominantly uh, predominantly black staff, to say the least. You know what I mean? And being able to win championships, seeing what he's been doing there in Tampa. I think he also has a female on the staff to some degree, if not mistaken. Uh you know, from that championship team a year ago. So uh, B.A. definitely is a trendsetter in the National Football League when it comes to giving people opportunity to regardless of how they look or what gender they are. I know when I played the game, Pat P., I never played a NFL game with a female official. Uh, have you? Yeah. I played so with me, a couple yeah. times. Sarah, Sarah the, uh, was the first woman, if I'm not mistaken, to officiate in the game. 
Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question, because you know how it is in the floor of the game, how emotional the game is. I've heard many male, of, hey, I've heard many male officials get cussed out like a dog. Oh, like, not so, I have. Has it been a little different vibe? Of course, you know you might have one female official and everyone else is male, but do they treat the males differently than the females? Oh, uh, I know. I don't know if it's unintentional, but you know, when I see her, it's like, uh, no, I can't, you know, whatever Sarah says, it goes. <laughs> Even if it's a bad PI call on you, like, you know, like, come on, like. <laughs> she's not in a position to really call PI, PIs. Okay. She's so she's, oh, okay. Called, yeah, she called more of the holdings on the offensive linemen, yeah. you know, all stars, offsides, neutral zone infraction, things like that. So she's never in position to really have those tough calls on DBs. But, you know, obviously offensive linemen and guys on the interior, they can't go way outside and talk to the line judge or whatever. So yeah. for the most part, um, I think life has been pretty good for Sarah, man. But uh, she's definitely one of my uh, favorite officials, you know, that, you know, I get an op- opportunity to talk to. That's what's up. Sarah, Sarah Thomas. Yes. Shout out to Sarah Thomas. Man, listen, most people, you know, who's listening to us or watching us, man, listen, I know when I played, man, we had some guys, man, the referees got a call wrong. Oh, my goodness, boy, they would get it. Verbally? Yeah, verbally, they would definitely get it, but they'd be called everything, everything. And I always wondered, you know, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know how it is in the heat of the moment, it's an emotional game. Something goes the wrong direction or not called properly. Do they do they go off? On a female, like they would do a male. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, the league has done a great job. I think the NFL has a record 12 women in coaching positions in the National Football League this season. So not just from the uh, the, 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 the the officiating part, but just coaching. They got 12 women involved in coaching to some capacity. So that's dope. All right, Vikings. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. You know what time it is. It's a long season. One game won't determine who win and who will lose the, the Super Bowl, but you already know what time it is. So it's time for school check-in. That it is. School check-in time. Bengals recap. Vikings lose 27-24 in overtime. A back-and-forth ball game from start to finish. Very, very entertaining. But, of course, you know, you want to be on the opposite, on the right side of that dub. Uh, most importantly for you, Pat, first game in a Vikings uniform regular season uh what did it feel how did it feel putting on that number seven because you know preseason didn't pull on you didn't play you didn't put on a uniform you know fully in in a game like action you know what I mean but what did it feel like for you you know you in 10 season the National Football League you had one color you had one jersey number now all of a sudden you're in a new color a new jersey number how did it feel for you pretty good you know um you know I felt like I, I moved around pretty well um, I feel like I had uh, didn't have many opportunities to make plays, but as far as my movements and my in the positions that I was in to if the ball was thrown my way, I was able to you know possibly get a PPU or interception. Um, you know, for the most part, man, everything was great. You know, obviously, like you said, I wish we would have came on the uh, on the right side of that dub, but we didn't. But I feel good about the team. Uh, I feel good about the defense. Just a couple of things that you know we got to clean up. Um, you know, obviously, we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, having and creating so many offensive fouls in the midst of drives and things like that. You know, you never want to start behind behind the change. You know, it's hard enough to get a first yeah. um, as it is uh, with with normal uh, first downs and tens. So, um, you know, we just have to clean up those couple mistakes, 
Well, I, I think we the future is very bright for us, but we got to continue to go out there and prove it, you know, because, you know, obviously last week we didn't play up to our depart, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to, to come out on top of this game. But like you said, it's a long season. We got mm-hmm. six more weeks to go, and I can't wait to see how the, the team and the guys are going to respond. Yeah, talking about the season, man, very, very uh, questionable calls happening in that floor of that ball game. Um, and two things I would like to highlight, the Justin Jefferson touchdown that wasn't a touchdown because they said he was down, right? And then, of course, Dalvin Cook ended up scoring on the next play, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then later in the game in overtime, Dalvin Cook clearly looked like he was more down than Justin Jefferson was, and they said he wasn't. And, of course, that fumble led to another opportunity, another possession uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, knowing where you were on the football field, you didn't get a chance to get all the different angles that I was able to to see as, the, as a fan and most of our listeners and, and viewers that are watching us that were not at the game. But did you think it was actually a fumble? You know, you know this – the, the visiting team do a great job of not giving us the, you know, the, the footage on the, on the, on the jumbo trial. So you mean the home team? Yeah. The home team. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the home team, they don't do a good job of, you know, showing close calls like that, you know, don't want to, I, I don't know what the reason, the rhyme or reason uh, for that, but uh, I think we got one good shot of it and we couldn't see, we couldn't tell because the camera view was blocking. The next thing you know, they turned they turned it off and end up the uh, the review, the review end up continued to go under review and it came back and said that it that it stand stands because it stand because uh it wasn't clear enough evidence that the uh, the runner was down you know and I think what because on the sideline it looked like he was down for everything the ball popped out you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I was like, he got to be down because it, like he was laying down, and next thing you know, the ball ended up coming out. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, but you know, they they called it a fumble, and you know, ultimately we end up uh, giving up a couple plays to uh, uh, to lose the game late in the, uh, late in overtime with a field goal. Yeah, that was man. Listen, it was so confusing because, like I said, Justin Jefferson ran that dig route, broke a few tackles. Uh, they said he was down. Right. And if you watch the instant replay from different angles, he wasn't down. So took away a touchdown, gave touchdown. Granted, Dalvin Cook came in. But in overtime, it was obvious that his he was down and that led to the fumble. And we all know one thing about football. A ground cannot the ground cannot cause a fumble. And for the referees to have so many different angles to be able to review the replay committee or whoever it is, you know, overseeing that part of the ball game for them to get that wrong. Clearly. It's, it's a huge mistake, you know what I mean? So you can't allow referees to, to dictate the ball game. That's why you can't leave it in their, in their hands because sometimes they will get things wrong, you know what I mean? And they definitely got that wrong. Let's transition to overtime. Defense gets back on the football field. What, were, what went wrong in the Bengals' fourth down conversion? Number one, that was a gutsy call. Right. Gutsy call. We saw a few gutsy calls from Cincinnati, uh, from Zach Taylor and his and, and his crew there. But that was a gutsy call because that, that was at midfield, fourth and one, lined up in a running like formation, play action, um, converted a 32 yard pass uh, to CJ. Uh, Coach Zimmer said you guys had practice against that uh, uh, practice for that play during the week of practice. But what, what went wrong on that fourth down conversion? Well, you know, in that situation with it being literally fourth and two to three inches, you know, yeah. thank the quarterback sneak, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of timeouts, you know, get the easy first down and be able to call the timeout regroup and, you know, call up a, 
a couple of plays to get them in field goal range. But um, like you said, it was a gutsy call. It was definitely a gutsy call and, and kudos to the Bengals uh, coaching staff for, for pulling that off at the right time, you know, because obviously, you know, we just stopped them, I believe, two series ago, fourth and one mm-hmm. on, on, on their 30-yard line. So you're thinking now it's fourth and a couple of inches, and they Joe did convert a fourth and one um, with the quarterback sneak. You got to be thinking quarterback sneak. Yeah. You know, so it was a great call by then, and we did practice that play. Um, but it was just a great call. It was great timing. Great no timing. question. Yeah. Hey, my, my, that, that's the thing. You, when you look at the percentage of seeing a pass or running that situation, especially with a young quarterback, you're thinking run. And yeah. you talk about having Joe Mixon. Not necessarily handing the ball up to the running back, just leaning forward, right? You know what I mean, just to get that 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 three four inch, inch uh, uh, mark that you need to get to get the first down. But yeah, they they went went all in on that play. So that's the thing about those plays. If you roll a dice and you hit, everyone's gonna applaud you. If you roll a dice and you miss, what are you doing? Right? You know what I mean. They're gonna be so critical, but it worked in their favor and led to them uh, led to that game winning field goal. And when you look at game takeaways in overtime specifically speaking what were the biggest turning points you think in overtime um honestly i thought overtime was played well by the defense um special teams did a great job of no uh, question yeah pinning them back um you know it just came down to you know who was going to get the best position best field position possible yep. to put in a position to win and, you know ultimately the fumble end up, you know, putting the Bengals in the best the best starting field position in overtime and ultimately end up winning the ball game. Yeah, no doubt. And when you look at defense, you know, uh, you know, kind of up and down a little bit. I tell you this much pass wise, you guys only gave up 217 yards, but on the ground, 149. The defense did have five sacks, clearly uh, going in the right direction as that what the number I predicted was 60. I think I predicted 60 uh, for the defense to have five sacks. Joe Mixon had a huge day, though, 29 rushes. Uh, for uh, 127, a touchdown, four receptions, and 23 uh, receiving yards. And on pace of 65, that was my prediction for sacks, 65. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, had, he was 20 of 27, 261, two touchdowns, uh, zero interceptions. So, you know, kind of, you know, mixed reviews a little bit defensively. I thought against the ground and pound attack would be a little more stout, but yet and still came through in the clutch with five sacks. Uh, overall defensive assessment, first time being out here with the guys, kind of having everybody all in one. Um, and you're still missing a few pieces. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Barr didn't play, right? Barr didn't yeah, play. An- yeah, Anthony Barr didn't play. He's a huge, huge piece to the puzzle, um, but not having him in the lineup, but yet and still having, haven't had everybody else in the lineup. How, what was your thoughts based on already seeing the film, you know, knowing some things you guys could have done better? Overall assessment based on the defensive performance. Um, I thought it was a great first outing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Clean up a couple, couple mistakes here and there. Everybody being on the same page, you know, you know, playing their role to the best of their ability. But uh, we have, like I always say, I think we have a, a lot of potential. You know, now we just have to continue going out there, continue gelling, continue turning in the right direction to where we can go out there and put it on tape. Because that's all that matters, putting it yeah. on tape. You know what I mean? So I think we have the potential to uh, to, to 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 do great things throughout the season. Um, I'm just excited and intrigued to see how we're going to respond, you know, because um, one thing that my one of my one of one of the a wise man once told me, good good teams don't lose two in a row, you know, mm-hmm. to to gather the troops, lick your no wounds, question, 
go out there and scratch and claw out a victory in the next go round. So that's our goal, and that's we're gonna see if we're uh, if we're a good team or not. Offensively, uh, Captain Kirk looked pretty good. Over 300 yards, 350 yards, two touchdowns. Yo, I had Adam Thielen on. I have him on one of my fantasy teams, and man, I had oh. Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill on the same team. Oh man, nine re- receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. All Adam Thielen does is catch touchdowns. He he gonna catch him some touchdowns. Oh, he caught two. My bad. Yes, two. Gave me great fantasy production, and because of that, in that league, I am one and zero. KJ Osborne looked pretty solid at the number three option, wide receiver option. Seven catches for seventy six yards. Penalties definitely was an issue. Twelve penalties for over hundred yards, one hundred thirteen to be exact. Offensive line struggled a bit, but the offense kind of picked things up when they needed to. The same can be said for the defense. Uh, something to build on going forward because you didn't get the best outing from your all-pro running back in Dalvin Cook, but throwing the football, you know, they, 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 they took some shots and made some shots. So uh, cl- clearly being able to be a little more balanced would be huge uh, for the growth of uh, the offense when you look at Minnesota led by Kirk Cousins. So that's a plus. Uh, Pat P., you know, you know, you didn't get a lot of action. I watched the game and it, almost, it was almost like, is he even playing? You didn't see a lot of action. Uh, well, focus thought I did. That's why I don't like that stuff. Because what they got, t- t- what, what they got wrong? They said I gave, I gave up three catches for 30 yards. Last time. Yeah, I, that's, that's what PFF said. I gave up one catch for three yards to a screen. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm, I know that they're talking about what, 85 I was in cover two. So that's not my assignment. So yeah, you playing you playing an area. You're not playing a man in cover two. Uh, you know, with these you know gurus, you know that that know that you can clearly see it's a too high safety that I'm going to the flats. So how's that my guy? So that's I, why I, I, I understand. That's why I understand the grades that they give out. It, it's what it's, certain guys have. But my, my thing is this though, Pat. You know, it's hard to give a guy a grade when you don't know exactly what he's supposed to do, what his right. assignment is. Now you start assuming. But also, you just made a good point. That's what, that's what fans look at. That's what fans, they treat that, like Eric says, shout out to Eric, they treat that like the Bible. Like these guys who's putting out these numbers know exactly what's going on when they don't. Mm-mm. Some of the things that they do put out, yeah, it may be accurate. But as far as when it comes to certain coverages, certain blocking schemes, like – like put out the right stuff because at the end of the day, if so many people are looking at this saying, Oh, this is, you know, what a guy is of what pro pro football focus is saying, mm-hmm. put out the right stuff and really do your due diligence before you go out and put out certain numbers or things that guys did for other people to say, Oh, now oh, this guy gave up. Like you said, you didn't, I didn't, hell, I didn't give up no action. I didn't even, like you said, I like, yeah, I, anytime I saw man to man, and for me personally, granted, it's a little easier for me because I played in the secondary. I can dig, I can tell when it's man to man based on the linebackers or the safeties. That's all I need to see. I don't even, I don't even need to see the, the corners. When I see the how they're aligned, how they're moving, I don't know if it's man to man, if it's quarters, if it's three, if it's two, if it's seven, if it's one, it don't matter. But I'm looking at them like, well, dang, freak is what Pat at? What my guy at? I ain't seen no action, like just no action, especially in the second half. Uh, but that, 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 that's a sign of respect. It's definitely a sign of respect. But you're right. Pro PFF, sometimes they just, I don't know. And it's, my thing is this. My little boy, who's eight, know when he sees two high safeties, that's, this is our hand, hand signal for flag football. I'm the coach. So, you know, I call defensive plays, Pat P. I don't yell. I give hand signals to my guy. 
my eight year olds, my third graders that's out there. Yeah, I got hand signals. Anytime I give them a hand signal, they know what it is. We cover two. You know what I mean? We, we this is strong. This for all out blitz. You know, I give them four. That's quarters. We playing quarters. You know what I mean? Cover three. You know what I mean? So we did hand signals. So if, if my little boy know what two high safeties look look right. like, he know that had to be some type of two shell. Right. So you would think that guys who get paid top money to be able to assess and give these quality grades are too high, man. He covering a space. He's not covering a man. That's what I tell my third graders. You know, you playing quarters. You guys know what fourth of the field is, right? No, they didn't know. I had to break down. Y'all should know what quarters is. You covering a fourth of the field. Right. And you can clearly see me rerouting this guy, dropping backwards, (laughs) literally dropping backwards. And then obviously Joe ultimately made the throw. We're going to go for however many yards, but yeah, it is what it is. But you know what? Hey, hey, they're going to be uh, as long as they're more wrong than right, and you more right than wrong. That's all that matters. All that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. Now it's time for the next week matchup. Next week's matchup Cardinals preview. Cardinals beat the Tennessee Titans 38 to 13 on the road in week one. Minnesota will travel back out to the desert. We'll travel out to the desert. And guess what? Pat P will travel back out to the desert because he was there his entire career until this season. Drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, one of the best corners to ever do it in that organization. Clearly should be in the ring of honor. Man, how will it feel for you going back to where it all started? You know, Mac, I really don't know. But honestly, at this moment and at this time, yep, the regular game. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I can tell you this much, speaking from personal experience, and when I went back to Pittsburgh, it was the first game in the preseason. So it didn't have the mag- it didn't have the energy. It wasn't a big deal, but we just played Arizona in the Super Bowl. Mm. So that was the first preseason game, I think it was like on Monday night, and I went back to the stadium, and it felt, it was weird, because I'm gonna tell you this much, when I first rode up to the stadium on the visitor's bus, on the visitor's side of the stadium, I never been there. So my I'm walking to the thing, to the stadium in the locker room, and I'm going in the, st- like my normal routine when I used to walk into Pittsburgh and Hinesville, walk to the locker room, I literally passed the visiting locker room. I walked to the home locker room. <laughs> so it was weird. So everybody, all my team, my new teammates, they walking behind me like, hey, Mac, where you going? I said, I'm going to the locker room. What y'all talking about? It hadn't even registered that. No, Mac, you don't play You don't play at home no more. You're not a part of the home team. Now I'm walking into the, so I walked to the Pittsburgh locker room, but it didn't register to me like, because so many times, you know how many times you've been in your home stadium and you make the same walk. You travel the same walk, the same distance. And as I got to the guys in Pittsburgh, like, Mac, what's up? Like, what's up? It's like, hey, man, good to see you. I'm like, good to see me. Like, oh, dang, I went to the wrong locker room. I said, God dang, I said, hey. I said, where the visit the locker room at again? Like, oh man, you went to the, I like, yeah, I went to the wrong locker room, man. So that was a surreal moment, but that was a preseason game. For you, it's a, it's a real game. You know, I only played like a series, if that. This is a real game. And and how do you think your the, the, the fan reception would be for you? Um, knowing that there are a lot of people that still rock with you to this day. And some people kind of get things misconstrued based on some of your statements regarding certain people in the organization. Not the organization, not the city, not the fan base. Right. They take things and, and run with it based on what they hear, not actually listening. But how do you think, you know, you will be received uh, when you step back on the football field there in Arizona? You know, I have no idea, Matt. I really, really don't. <laughs> like, it's going to be all new to me. You know what I mean? So I really don't know what to expect. You know, mm-hmm. so for the most part, I'm treating this like a regular game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, 
too high. I don't want to get too low. I want to treat this literally. No like question. It. Don't get too high. Exactly. Yeah. Don't get too high because sometimes we get too high kind of takes the focus off the what you need to do. So, yeah. Like a regular game, have a great week of preparation. Go to Arizona just like we was going to Cincinnati. No question. And also, too, I can tell you this much. You didn't get a lot of action last week. I know, I know Chase said a few things and everything like that. It was like, you know, I'm now I know he, you know, Pat P is a little older in the tooth and all that. It really ain't do too much. But you're gonna get some action this week. You're gonna win against this is good. This is great on great right here. Great on great. And the thing about D Hop and Pat P, you guys went toe-to-toe many a times yeah. when you were with the Cardinals when he was with Houston. But you guys practiced a lot last year, practiced against each other last uh, last year. Did you learn anything from practicing against DeAndre Hopkins, who is a friend of the show? We had him on earlier, early in the season a year ago. Did you learn anything? And what are the challenges for someone like him? You know, uh, you know, D Hop is a very, very talented receiver. He obviously don't drop many balls at all. No. No, he's going to catch it. You know, uh, a great, great 50, 50, 50 ball type guy. You know, if, it's a, if, if the ball's uh, in, in the air with the 50, 50 opportunities, it's a good chance that he's going to come down with it. You know, it, you know, it, it's, it, you know, you just have, sometimes when you have a guy like that, you just have to be on your P's and Q's for 60 minutes because, you know, I, you know what I mean? At any given time, anything can happen. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, like I said, great receiver, obviously doing tremendous things in this league. Had a great week, week one, two tubs, I believe. Eight, six receptions, 83 yards. I also have him on one of my fancy teams yeah. as well with Dangy Pashu. Yeah, being there, obviously, you know, D-Hop's going to be D-Hop, you know, and I just have to make sure that I'm on my P's and Q's to make sure that I don't have him, uh, I, I, I hold him to not having an explosive day, you know, because of, if we're able to do that and, and, and get to Kyler every mm. now, um, I think we can have a successful day. But, you know, now we got to go out here, have a great week of preparation and go out there and prove it because that's all that matters. Week two, week one's over in the books. Now you got to go prove it again. And talking about the hop and the success he had against Tennessee, it all came from one man, Kyler Murray, little Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse, man. Listen, Woo. Had four touchdowns. He ran for one. He's the third player in Cardinal history with four passing touchdowns and a rushing TD in a game for a franchise that began playing in 1920. They had no answer for Kyler Murray. I watched that game. Now, the issue for Tennessee, even going back to a year ago, could, it can't rush the passer. Can't put any pressure on the quarterbacks. And when you're playing against Kyler Murray, a guy who can improvise and extend plays, it's going to be very, very difficult. And he just tore them up. But on the flip side, you're a guy. Chandler Jones. Went crazy. Boy. <laughs> they talk about, they were saying, well, he's already going to be the NFC player of the week. Forget the week, the month. What are y'all talking about? This man had five sacks. He had one sack a year ago in five games. He had, <laughs> yeah, he had a month already. I, Pat P, you got to do something credible to get the, 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 the NFC defensive player of the month because he already got five. <laughs> I could get five, and I think he had like two or three forced fumbles. Yeah, two force fumbles. Yes, but yeah. he man had five sacks by himself. And it was crazy because my thing is this, coaches are so stubborn. You <laughs> see the left side of your line having issues with Chandler Jones. Got help him. him, give him some help. And me and you talked about this before on, past, on a past episode. As players, we would never ask for help. <laughs> we could never say, coach, on the sideline, listen, hey man, I, I, can't, I ain't got it today. We never will ask for help, you know that. You can be out there getting beat like a drum, getting beat to sleep. Oh, you would never say, hey, 
hey, coach, or even ask that guard, hey, man, don't leave me just too, don't leave me too fast. You ain't going to ask for help. But as players, you know, we can look at your eye and be like, oh, boy. You're like, you're going to be, we need to get him some help, man. That confidence ain't there. Coach, why they ain't give LaJuan and, and whoever else was playing left tackle some help? The the tight end, a back, the chip, man, it packed. Man, the man hey, to go. Think about Chan, dude. I mean, it don't even matter if somebody helped. He got so much in his arsenal. It's not even. It's not even funny, man. He just so. He's so difficult to to prepare for because he 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 presents so many different challenges. He can swim. Oh, oh, swim. Yeah, he can swim. It's like he just. He's a different specimen, man. He really is, and it's it. It was a, it was definitely a joy to be his teammate and to to see how he move around the locker room and you know hanging out with him and stuff like that. So yep. it's, it's not a surprise to me that he did what he did because I was obviously hey. on the team twice when he had a four sack uh, game and I think when we played the Giants he had five sacks as well. So I, I've been a part of those sack games when he just was on a whole nother level. Whole nother level. And Taylor Lewan tweeted out, "Thank you for exposing me." I don't know if you really want to say that, but. You know, yeah, it, it happened. And now it's almost like, you remember it was some rumors about Challenge trying to hold out or get traded. They got to pay him now. That's why they should have paid him. They should have paid him for the season start. The price just went up. Way up. The price just went up. We just saw what TJ Watt just received from Pittsburgh. Oh, man. Man. You can say whatever you want to say. Challenge Jones is older. You don't know if he can continue to play this. This man got five sacks in one game. He can stumble. He can fall into another six throughout the rest of the season. And you got to pay him double digits out, off the rip. Average a sack a game since he's been there. <laughs> he's been one of the more prolific pass rushers when he's been healthy in the National Football that's, League. That's still on what? What is the record? Twenty-two. Oh yeah, he 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 he's oh, destined. He's destined on the low end to get nineteen on the low end. And he's and he's averaged seventeen. Yes, but he never he averaged seventeen, but he just dumped out week one. With five, and you know, yeah, sacks just like picks, they come in bunches. Hey, when they come early, boy, you oh, oh man, yeah. So, Strahan has the record 22 and a half. I want to know what that prop bet is for freaking Challenge Jones to trump that 22 and a half. I text him, I text him Saturday. I said, I know you're ready to bend that corner. What'd he say? Grill, corner, corner. <laughs> <laughs> he bent that corner. Boy, they had no answer for it. And I had listen, and, and one of and one of my leagues, I freaking started fantasy. I started Ryan Tannehill, and my other option was freaking Jalen Hurts. I said, what? Yeah, man. I, I love Jalen Hurts on the bench, bro. Oh, why would you do that going in Atlanta? Man, I was overthinking the process. I'm like, well, if Ryan Tannehill, who's been Mr. Consistent, you got Julio, you got AJ, you got Derrick Henry, you know what I mean? And and I'm like, the balance, like, I didn't think they couldn't block Chandler Jones to save life. So Ryan Tannehill gave me 12 points. Jalen Hurts gave me 28. Mm. But guess what, though? I still won. You know why? I had Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill. That's it. In the Carolina Panthers defense. That's it. But hey, you get a chance to see your buddy, man, up close and personal. Hopefully, old line from the Vikings don't allow this man to go off because he can go off and just take over a ball game if you allow him to. Yeah, man. We can't. My, my prediction I was pretty close last week, but it was on the wrong end. So this week, 2023, Minnesota, first one of the season. 2023. Okay. That under, I don't know what the under going, that probably going to be the under too. 
I love betting the unders, by the way, listeners and viewers. I had a big under bet, college football. I took Oregon, Ohio State. The under came through. It was 64. The under it was 63. The under was 64. Took it. Took it. Now it's time for Around the League. Boy, it's a big weekend in football in totality. Saturday, college, NFL opening week. Started back Thursday with Tampa and Dallas. But around the league, everyone in the NFC lost. That's good news. Yeah. You guys are still in the same place you were last week around this time. That's good news. Packers got crushed. Crushed by the Saints. Jameis, friend of the show, by the way. We had Jameis on during the offseason. If you guys missed that episode, check us out on the YouTube feed. Check us out on the podcast feed. Man, Jameis, man, went crazy. Yeah, he did. 148 yards, didn't throw the ball a lot, but he had five touchdowns. He's the first player in NFL history with five TD passes and fewer than 150 yards in a game. It's the fewest points the Packers have ever scored in a game that Aaron Rodgers has started and played into the second half. What was your reaction seeing that result? Man, I was shocked. You know, I was, I was, I was blown away, but I wasn't blown away by Jamison performance because we all know Jamison got a big arm. You know, now he's with a uh, a for real coach. Yeah, a, a good a, a, like a coach that does wonders with quarterbacks. No doubt about it, and and I think that's all that he needed to have the right pieces around him. Um, the sky's a limit for Jameson. So, and, and we, I played against Jameson a bunch of times and always said he had a top tier arm, you know, yeah, not to be able to hone in on some of those things to make sure that he's not turning over the football, managing the game the right way, putting the ball where it needs to be. And I feel like he's with the team that's going to allow him to do that. And he's with the coach that's going to not allow him to wander off and, you know, do what Jameson wants to do. And, 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 and far as, you know, taking those risky throws, you know what I mean? Just play within yourself, got a solid defense, and, you know, you know, don't give the other team more opportunities than they need uh, uh, to, to to put the ball in the end zone, we'll be fine. And I just think it was a perfect opportunity for Jameson, you know, signing with the Saints last year, having that year under Drew Brees, really understanding how the offense operates, really understand how Sean wants to call games and, now is now 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 his opportunity is here, and he's definitely taking advantage of it thus far. Man, listen, I said on HQ, CBS Sports HQ, Jameis probably gonna put up MVP like numbers. Yeah. You can laugh at me all you want, but one thing we know about the guy, he had talent. Yes, he had talent. He just wasn't consistent, and he also got that LASIK surgery. He talked about that on the show about being able to see better. So if now he has the vision to see exactly where he was, he needs to go. And you put that with the talent that he has, whoo, and that structure offensively, yes. man, don't be surprised. Talk about another quarterback that can be in that MVP uh, conversation at some point in time, Matthew Stafford. Sunday yeah. night football wasn't really good for the Chicago Bears. Lost 34-14, which is good for you guys because you guys are in the same black and blue uh, division, the NFC North. But the Bears fall to the Rams 34-14. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a huge day. And another one of my fantasy leagues I had, Matthew Stafford on my bench also. Dang. Now, before y'all laugh at me, my starting quarterback is Lamar Jackson. So I don't know who would start Matthew Stafford over Lamar Jackson. I just need Lamar Jackson to really act like action Jackson uh, Monday night football against the Raiders because freaking Matthew Stafford gave me 40 plus points on my bench. But the Bears lost. Uh, so that's good for you guys, Minnesota. 
Uh, also, too, in the NFC North, the Lions come back fall short against the 49ers. They lose 41 to 33, if I'm not mistaken. 41 to 33. So that was a huge plus. Uh, just seeing the Lions lose as well. And other news in the National Football League, Marshawn Lattimore signs a huge, huge deal. Five-year deal, $96.6 million on Sunday. Could be worth up to $100 million. He got $68 million guaranteed, largest full guarantee for a cornerback in NFL history. Overall value is just behind Jalen Ramsey and Marlon Humphrey. Uh, what makes Lattimore so special? Oh, man, he's very instinctive, man. He, he has a knack for the ball as far as forcing fumbles, picking the ball up, always in the right position at the right time, a competitive uh, competitive uh, uh, defensive back, and you know that's all you can ask for. You know those those traits, and he has it. You know, so to see him finally get broken broken off, more more blessings to you because I had opportunity to play with him, or or to see him in a couple of Pro Bowls that I've been a part of mm-hmm. in my career. And uh, he's a young guy that gets it, man. He wants to be one of the greats and one of, one of the names that's been talked about uh, in this league for a very long time. So. Uh, Marshawn, congratulations, man. Um, always told you, 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 you definitely got it, and, and you've proven it. And, uh, and now the dollar signs uh, uh, is there to show. So shout out to my boy, Marshawn Lattimore. No question. Big-time player, got a big-time contract. And other news throughout Sunday's slate of ball games, the Steelers upset the Bills. Dolphins edged out the Pats. Trevor Lawrence threw three picks in his debut. Chiefs came up big time, came, come from behind victory against the Browns. Bucks beat the Cowboys in the last second uh, in the opener, in the last second drive in the opener. Should have been offensive pass interference, but they didn't call it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's injured. He's on IR. I think he can't return until week six or week eight. Will they call Cam Newton? Should they call Cam Newton? We will wait and see. And Jeffrey Okuda, a young, talented player, corner for the Lions, torn Achilles. He's out for the year. Listeners and viewers, we want to add something to our show, especially for the football season since we're now in season. We're going to give some tribute out to guys that are balling, teams that are balling, individuals that are balling. So this is the very first time we're introducing this to you guys here on our show, introducing something new for 2021 season. We talk a lot about living up to our name and want to show love to others who have all things covered. So we're going to dish out two awards weekly. Number one, all things cover award for someone in the secondary. It could be an individual player, could be the entire secondary unit. But we want to show love to the guys who are balling in the back end of the defense on the third level. And number one for a a, a, a player of any team. So we're going to give out a overall secondary type of award and an individual award for guys that are covering everything. When they step on the football field, Pat P, they got all things covered. And for the guys who had all things covered this past Sunday, number one, shout out to the Houston Texans. They're secondary. The Texans had, get this, Pat P, listen to this stat. Listen to this, viewers, listen to this stat. The Texans had three interceptions, right? And their 37-21 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's as many interceptions as they had all of last season. They only had three interceptions last year. Wow. The entire season. That was tied for the second fewest picks in a season by any team since 1940. Now, granted, defensively, you got you to gotta throw in 
to the equation. One of those interceptions came from a linebacker in Travis Kersky, but he's a talented guy. So you know what? He can be a secondary member for this particular award. Uh, but we're going to give an award to the Houston Texans, their secondary, because clearly it was a down year for them a year ago. They got over that hump. That's in the rearview mirror. And they made Trevor Lawrence look like a junior quarterback in college football, not a rookie quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, Vernon Hargraves had an interception from Tampa, Florida. Christian Kirksey and Justin Reed had an interception. So shout out to the Houston Texans for making our very first All Things Covered award. Hey, Matt. What you got for me? While you're talking about secondary, I had an opportunity to be with my boy Harrison today. He was very, very upset with you, Matt. You know why? Oh, I already know. 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 Yeah, you know what I'm saying, man? What's up with Mac, man? I was like, what you mean? Oh, man, I already know. (laughs) He said, man, Matt put out his top five safeties in the league. And my boy hit me up, and I wasn't on there. I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to get on his ass today, man. Hey, tell tell Harrison. You tell him. You You see it. Yeah. Hey, Harrison, I strategically did that. Number one, it was like a motivational piece to get you fired up. Number two, you really didn't need that motivation because they gave you the contract before the season even hit. But Harrison, you must admit, I did say when you was on the show, you should be paid handsomely. You should get a nice, handsome ransom because of the baller that you've been. But no question, the hitman has been... He's been one of the more premier all-around safeties since stepping foot on the door from Notre Dame. You know what I mean? So I kind of just did that strategically because I wanted to go ahead and shine light on someone else who I think has been under the radar as well, and Justin Simmons from Denver, who also got paid. You know what I mean? Who also got paid not too long ago, but that contract led to Harrison getting the type of contract he got. So tell Harrison, you know what? When I come up to Minnesota, I got I got dinner on him, on me. We Yeah, we I got dinner on me. Well, heck, no, no, man. I'm not going to do it. That don't even make sense. He just got a whole handsome rest. Why would I be paying for dinner, Pat? Hey, man, because you... I said it. You're right. You know, he, he didn't think that was strategic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I broke it down. But I'm a big-time fan. And remember I said, I said, listen, he got. He need to get paid. You got to get paid. They paid him. They did. They paid him. But then when I come to Minnesota, then on me. Harrison, hit me. On the man to get that butcher cut. No question. That's where we going? Manics? Manics, man. Say no more. All right. So for the individual award here, all things covered award, listeners and viewers, man, I might be a bit biased. Pat may not be a bit biased, but this guy deserves to get his tribute right now. Jameis Winston threw for 148 yards, five touchdowns, the first player. Anytime you make history, you got to be on our award, right? You got to get an award for us. First player in NFL history, as I said, with five touchdown passes and fewer than 150 yards in a game. Now, Pat P, I can hear people saying, well, what about... Kyler Murray, what about Matthew Stafford? You know, what about some of the other quarterbacks that balled out? Pat Mahomes, what about those type guys? Well, for me, the deciding factor in me and and, and, and talking with you, picking this uh, player for this award was the adversity they were dealing with, right? Not being at home, practicing in Dallas, having your home open to move to Jacksonville, then Jameis replacing a Hall of Famer and Drew Brees, not knowing exactly what this offense would look like. And then the team and the player you were going against, they went against arguably some people feel like the Green Bay Packers are the second best team in the NFC behind Tampa. You know who they have at the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers, who won the MVP. So you were going against a team that many felt like could feel like could represent the NFC in the championship. Arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. 
If you didn't know any better, you thought they they swapped jerseys because right. Jameis looked like Aaron Rodgers, like he, how Aaron looked last year. So right. when you look at all of that and factor all of that in the equation, that was the deciding factor in us selecting Jameis for the All Things Covered Award. Now, it's time for seven questions. Pat P, seven questions. I hope you're ready. The reason why this is seven questions, number Pat, number seven. He rocks number seven right now. So this is an opportunity where we get a chance to interact with you, the listeners and the viewers. If you want your question to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on the show. Uh, This question comes from at Richard Lewis. Oh, it's for both of us. Who's the fastest out of you two? That's Pat P. Pat P ran 4-3 whatever at the combine with diamonds in his ears. If you don't, if you don't remember, go look at the YouTube video. It's out there. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's good in yeah, certain things. Boy, I went to school with Rashad, man. You went to, you, Rashad? Yeah, I went to school. I don't, I don't think you ever met Rashad. In high school? Yeah, I went to high school with Rashad. Okay. Yeah. That's my boy, uh, Ryan Lewis, brother, man. Shout okay, out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so, he yeah. Down there, he down there from pumping on, huh? Yeah, he's from the crib. He's from the okay. crib. Say no more. Yeah, but yeah, that's easy, Rashad. Uh, Pat P. I wonder though, Pat. See, the thing is now, so you got to understand, like, we got me, we got Walter, and we got Pat. Now, Walter used to always claim he was the fastest of all of us. Walter yeah, McFadden right. played at Auburn and got drafted by the Raiders. Is Walt faster than you, Pat? I never raised Walter. In his prime. Now, you know, Walt had a little whole little story that he was running four twos and stuff like that. I mean, I, I ran, I run a couple, I run a couple four twos myself. <laughs> so oh, I never, I know that. I never, I never, I never raced. Well, I mean, on hand time, you know, on hand time, I ran a couple four two eights. Uh huh. You know, my lowest I've ever ran was a four two seven on hand time. You know, in high school, well, I, yeah, I was in high school and I ran that in uh, college as well. Okay. Well, Walt used to always say he was fat. He was the fastest in the family. Uh, Walt, Walt, Walt was definitely fast, but I never, like I said, I never had an opportunity to race him. Like, yeah. from like, you know, from from what he was able to do far as, like, I never had the opportunity to walk down a guy like he had. Like, you know I mean? Yeah. I remember walking down this guy. They, it was a team from Palm Beach. I can't remember exactly what team, but it was his senior year, my freshman year, they were playing at Ely. And it was a top-notch, uh, top-notch, top-notch running back. I can't remember his name, but the team was black. Man, the dude, it was like, it was on our, on, on their minus five-yard line. The dude, mm-hmm. out of there. I got them. I mean, you see number six, light skin with the green spat coming out of <laughs> He went and got him? Man, when I said that 155 pound Walter bit fast. Oh, he was slim. He was oh, slim. Man. I said he went and got him, dog. It was, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Though. Hey, you know what's funny, though? Walt wore six, you wore seven, I wore eight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you that's 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 crazy in high school and in college. Right. Six, seven, eight. And all I cornerbacks. What I what I think what made Jamar, you know, most people don't know him as that. I always yeah. thought yeah. I walked. I was like, what what I thought what made him look much faster than everybody, because he was so skinny and small, so all his his uniform and all that stuff used to just float. <laughs> <laughs> with the wind. No question. Especially with me. You know, I was a little bit more muscular, so I ran with a little bit more power. But at the same time, we, I feel like we had, we, because I think Walt at the combine. Walt with a fan style. I don't know if he, I don't remember what he ran at the combine. Yeah, I, 
I got the fastest time. And they got, let me ask. I'm gonna text him right now. You know you're gonna say <laughs> something crazy, but uh, I think he ran. Uh, I can't remember I what he ran. He ran like a four three eight or something like that. Ooh, but you, that's faster than no, that's slower than what you ran. Yeah, I ran four three four. You ran four three four. Yeah. So who who ran the four three nine? Uh, Eric. Yes. So I'm faster than him. I'm the fastest in the family. He ran. He ran. He ran. He ran four three nine. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, I just texted me anyway. I want to see what he gonna tell me. And on top of that, I was 119, uh, 219 pounds, man. Yeah, you were heavy. True, <laughs> you were. I'm like Chevy, like a rock. Yeah, you had you had that old school, that seven tray. You had that big block in the edge. <laughs> you had that big block under the hood. Oh, that 450. Okay, that now he just texts me back. He okay. said he said four three four. That's not what Google said. <laughs> I would tell Pat said you didn't run no four three four. Four three nine. Even Eric said it. Well, he I he said he ran four three four. Well, I ran a four three four too. Well, y'all ain't the so well. Somebody, somebody lying. I ran a four three four for sure. Unofficially, I ran a four three two. Unofficially. Then officially I ran a four three four. I'ma say Pat said. On that hand time, they had your boy at four two. I'm just saying, Matt, at two nineteen. I didn't what say I'm, it. They said it. You said good, yeah. You said the internet said, huh? Hey, I didn't say it. They said it. I knew he was here. He said he ran four three four. That's what That's, he said. Yeah. Google didn't say that. Said McFadden turned at fast time in the forty yard dash during Auburn's pro day. There you go. Say, he, 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 he ran four four. And yeah. a four three nine. Come on, Matt. Who the fastest in the family? Go ahead, give me the crown, man. You got it. Thank you. You got it. It said uh, one of the fastest tigers around. They said he was one of the fastest tigers around down there at Auburn. Now that's what they say. That's now what he was. Say. I ain't gonna lie, man. That joker used to be glad, dog. Yeah. That joker was fast, man. Well, hey, there you have it. I don't know too many. I don't know too many. I don't know too many families got three cornerbacks that played in the league. Yeah, me either. Three zero. Yes, sir. Thanks again to everyone for listening and watching. We'll be back again Thursday with an outstanding conversation with Anquan Bowden, where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.